0: Episode 382 with Christopher Neisman and Brian Salazar and soon-to-be Tom Caters. Soon Hopefully, we hope so. To Sal, so Sal, someone
1: came yeah. to you and said, I'll knock 10 years off of your time having to do around comics. If you go on this Black Ops mission, you may <laughs> die. But if you don't, then that's just less time you're going to have less- to serve
0: serve under the around comics prison in the around comics uh no i don't think i would uh, i would take that it hasn't hasn't I come up the, uh, no I, I would say the conditions here are not um so bad that i would i would be willing to uh to, s- to risk myself uh on a mission
1: it's suicide day. week here at around comics
0: it was. It was Suicide Squad, the squad.
1: squad. Getting the squad together. Which, which, uh, we, uh, uh, Sal and I talked about that this week on, uh, on Sunday, and then you released it post haste. And, uh, if you're a, a patron of this here show, uh, you were able to, uh, to download that and listen to our take on the Suicide Squad. I will give you a little spoiler. We enjoyed it.
0: we did like it we did like
1: it was it was enjoyable you know i had
0: i had complaints as usual Mm -hmm. i tend to be uh you know a bit more negative sometimes you are a critique am i am i a critique i don't Uh, know yeah you know
1: and i I think we agreed that um really enjoyable um and probably i what you described it i think the best it was um an enjoyable um, film of great sing great scenes that were just kind of strung together. It's, it may not have, the, the individual scenes were probably greater than the, the whole of the movie.
0: Yeah. To me, I felt as yeah. if, as if the, there were some really amazing, fun, awesome scenes, but as a whole put, put all together uh, it was a, bit disappointing for me uh, just because i'm such a big james gunn fan and um I, I i still enjoyed it i just i just i think my expectations were a little too high i was expecting dc's version of guardians of the galaxy
2: yeah
1: yeah and i think they kind of almost almost tried to bill it like that um i i find uh, suicide squad maybe a little bit more quotable in that I've just been walking around the house, and anytime I see something, I'm gonna eat. I will. I just look at it and go nom nom, nom nom, nom, nom. Um, <laughs> Really, really, that's what you're thinking about right now.
0: Hey, I have to ask you something completely unrelated with comics or uh, or, or this show, but um, I started watching Schmigadoon. Have you watched, <laughs> watched, have you that, watched show. that show? Of course, that's I have.
1: Like, it's, it's it's fantastic.
0: It's really good. It's Uh, really
1: smart, isn't it? And you and you, I sat down. I was just like, I'm gonna hate this fucking show.
0: And (laughs) I was the same way.
1: Just doing this because Marta and I struggle to find things to watch that we enjoy (laughs) together. And she's like, we're gonna watch Schmigadoon. I'm just like, I'm gonna hate this. And like four episodes later, I'm just like, yeah, this is really smart and super cute and smart. Yeah, I,
0: I. I only watched it because I had nothing else and it was like, oh, it's a it's like a 40-minute show, I can burn through an episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I really like Cicely Strong. I think she's great on certain. This Night show Live. is
1: going to launch her into like big time stardom.
0: And I, and I really like Keenan or Keegan Michael, Keegan- Ke- Michael Key from obviously he's awesome. So I'm like, I'll give it a shot, but I'm probably not gonna like this dumb show about musicals. <laughs> and by the by, the fifth episode, I was in awe of Christian Schenowith's, Sh- uh, yeah, in, you know, amazing performance of that like, four. It felt like 14 minute long one shot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, song. Well, I'm just like, what the shit? Like this has, is. Amazing. Have
1: you seen her in other stuff?
0: Kristen yeah, I'm She's I'm great. familiar with her. Did, did you watch uh, Pushing Daisies when it came out? I did. I I I she can't the, remember Pushing yeah. Daisies at all, but I yeah. did love that show when it was out. I was disappointed when it was canceled. It was early. so ahead of its time. Yes. I feel, even though I can, that's all I can remember. I can't remember mm-hmm. anything about that show, yeah. but yeah. I, yeah. I just she want. Was, I yeah, i like was the
1: funny little sprightly blonde in that. Yeah. You know?
0: I just, I watched this show and I was like, how has Chris not told me about this show yet? A Chris show. There's no way he's not. And I was sort of excited, like, maybe he doesn't know about it yet. And I get to tell him about it because this is a show he's going to love. No,
1: it's so unfortunate and and it's Marta's fault, but um no we we've been watching from the beginning, and I just have the the house rule for me, which I Marta would be like, yeah, whatever, is we wa- we can watch Mega but we we fucking watch Ted lasso first. oh okay. they both they both new episodes come out on Friday, and I'm just like, don't get in on my Ted lasso action. Um, hey,
0: Tom's here uh, Tom. Sort of. hey Tom, are you there?
2: Hey, what's up? He's working on it. Yeah. Oh, there he is. I'm uh, I'm here. You can't see me. I've I've got I got I got bad I got bad bandwidth in Michigan. So,
0: audio only, Tom, yeah. for today. That's yeah.
2: Well, well, audio we're, we're, only. We
1: just we just survived the uh, the edge of the storm, which this the storm is spanning from Upper Door County all the way to the south side of Chicago. It's like a 300 mile long. Stormfront. It's coming your way, my friend, and it is not friendly.
2: I look forward
0: to it. <laughs> <laughs> it scared me back in the house. I was I was leaving the house and and I'm like, Nope, nope, not going out in that. That's just yeah.
1: silliness, silliness. Yeah, shit, shit got real here in Milwaukee. So well, we were oh. talking
0: about uh Schmigadun, but um but we can change uh <laughs> <laughs> We can change things and uh, talk about some comics now that we've yeah. driven everyone away. So yeah. before that,
1: before that, we were talking about the the Suicide Squad movie, which uh, we were going to have you on ACTV, this week as a special guest, but uh, you had some Michigan bandwidth you had to
2: deal with. Um, we had it. Well, no, we had a we had a we had a, we had a st- hour power outage. Oh, gotcha. So well, what, what's your
1: in hours what's your what's your hot take on the suicide squad so we can ha- see if we can have consensus
0: i think we lost him i think tom now has lost the, audio yes. we only that, have
1: really sure. being very deliberate in his in his <laughs> answer well i'll tell you what's uh while tom, we figure great. out what we're to get tom back um uh do you want to talk about um suicide squad comics
0: sure absolutely i i would I would enjoy that. There was one that came out that i I very much enjoyed reading
1: this week, yes, yes, and um oh, last week, I should say, yeah, we're always a week
0: uh, behind, but I feel that that's okay. It gives people time to read comics along with us and then yeah. and then discuss them. We don't need to talk about the stuff that's coming out tomorrow. No, we talk about the stuff that came out last week,
1: yeah, or maybe like 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 twenty years ago sometimes or yeah
0: or 35 years ago oh we lost them completely yeah we
1: yeah tom we'll we'll see if we can get Tom right. back um so yeah this is a this is a black label book yes it black is black label i don't know what is, that
0: means exactly but yes I it think is
1: it's, it's almost like the um um i i almost think of it as an elseworlds title right in that it's it's an out of continuity, or it's its own continuity, own little pocket. It I, this is how I look at it. Um, the things that happen in a black label book um, don't don't happen in the mainline DCU. So like, people can die, and which I actually find um, makes for a more interesting book. Uh, there's a little bit more, you know, sense of like real danger for the, for the characters in it. And so we're talking about Suicide Squad, Get Joker, uh, written by Brian Azzarillo, uh, with uh, art duties uh, largely by Alex Malief, who I haven't really followed since Daredevil.
0: You know, I I mean, he's been... uh, I couldn't tell you what he's been doing since then, honestly. I mean, he's been doing stuff here and there, but I don't think he's been prolific in comics since then. Um, But yeah, he... uh, (laughs) He's not been doing a ton of stuff that Bendis gravy train yeah. seemed to be doing an well, end. Although Alex Maliev is a terrific artist. So I don't know that,
1: you know, he is, he is. And I'm, I'm a dumb old man as we've often discovered. And whenever I first saw that and we talked about the artist, I didn't put David um, uh, or Alex Malieve and the art together. I thought it was David Mack and I was like, that's an interesting person to do a book with Brian Azzarello. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's I mean, interesting you bring that up because you I remember you saying that when, when yeah. I mentioned that this was coming out and you were like, Oh, that's weird. And I was in my head I, it was
1: David Mack.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, that makes more sense because I was like, really? Because I felt like Maliv kind of fits Azarello. I, I don't absolutely
1: understand. it's yeah. it's peanut butter and jelly, and I just got stupid.
0: That's all right. So, it happens. Yeah. We're you know, yeah. we have a lot going on.
1: It's a lot of artists to to follow and catalog in your your old age addled brain but yeah i think i think maliv uh was perfect and i think maliv was one of if i remember correctly like back in the daredevil days um people were given throwing a lot of shade on the for um uh like using like screen captures as, as as models and that kind of stuff right yeah yeah but you know whatever tools you need to use to to be a compelling storyteller, and I felt like as much as I love Azzarello, and he's probably one of my top three writers of all time. I thought Maliv was the star of this book. It was so pretty.
0: I I can't disagree with you. I think um, that uh, he you know he grounded it. You know his his work is really. You know realistic based um you know not completely but it, it certainly does and it has a a grit to it both i think you know yep. uh literally has a lot of grit in his great role.
1: great use of light and dark he's a very moody yeah. artist um yeah he's perfect for batman or daredevil or you know things that go bump in the night
0: yeah the noirish. Mm-hmm. uh Uh, you know, creatures of the night sort of thing. And, and Suicide Squad in this context, I think fit really well. This is, this was a dark story. This is, you know, it's Azarello. He's not going to tell you, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) he's not going to give you sort of a light uh, tale. Although he has, there has been times where he's written that kind of stuff. But but his Johnny
1: double was, you know, and, and yeah, but, but, you know, that's the, that's kind of the neat thing about Suicide Squad is because most of the characters are, you know, and I hate to say disposable, but since most of the characters are disposable, you can write a really um a funny ha ha lampooning book around that, or you can go really dark. And with Azarillo, I mean it's obviously you know, people are gonna die in an Azarillo book. <laughs> if he can kill them,
2: he is going to kill them. Yeah. Well, and the suicide Azare- was- Azarella, hilarious. yes
0: yeah he's a real jokester he's a Mm -hmm. yeah uh i think he has a sense of humor but i think it's it's pretty dark and uh and twisted like like everything i mean he's a dark guy he's just Mm -hmm. you know he i remember i mean we were lucky enough to get to know brian uh pretty well uh, with with the show and had him on the show a bunch of times and and hung out with him various times and uh at Conventions and that kind of thing, and he is a uh, you know, he's sort of your prototypical, brooding, dark crime writer kind of. I'm guy. still
1: afraid of him,
0: <laughs> he's an intense dude. He's
1: yeah, he, I'm telling you, he's got a razor blade in his shoe,
0: <laughs> I think he's got it under his tongue. I, he just comes, you know, just in case yeah. he ever needs to spit it out and slice somebody open ear to ear, <laughs> uh, but. It's per I mean this is a perfect book for him, you know, yeah. this kind of a story where you have some shitty characters, you have some shady, you know, and and fucked up characters. These are all villains for the most part. Uh, or or you know, in the case of of um, Jason Todd, a hero villain vigilante anti-hero. could be a, could Anti- be a ser- serial killer if uh, you know, um if you didn't know better but uh yeah it's a thin line right um so
1: waller is just like yeah that uh otherwise i'd call you a, a serial killer if you weren't in a mask Yeah, you know, it's basically what she was getting yeah you know which was which was great yeah i'm 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 all on team meow meow
0: meow <laughs> of course you are don't know, know that
1: character but i was like that's fucking
2: wild.
0: <laughs> I have no idea if that character is new or or if that character has existed before, but yeah. yeah, it's sort of Do you remember the show? Uh there was a show, it was like a vampire show. Shoot, what was it called? Slither, no, not slither. Damn it. I can't remember it now, but it was it was sort of a vampire show, but the twist on it was that they kind of did what she did where their jaws unhinged and then like weird tongues came, you know, coming, you know, like flying out of their mouths and sucked your blood. and Like,
1: like Cthulhu, you know, Cthulhu vampires.
0: Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of had that feel. But um, how did you feel about, uh, you know, his, his take on these characters or at least, you know, Jason Todd? Um, I think Jason Todd's an interesting character. Mm-hmm to to write in this day and age, because I think you can either sort of um, constantly bring up the fact of his history or you can ignore it. I don't know if you can do something in between. And I think Azarello just dove right into it. He's, he's just like, I'm going to deal with his history. I'm yeah. going to sort of have him deal with it in some ways.
1: That was uh-huh. um, Jason Todd was the most interesting character in the three jokers um to me and i think that um jeff johns did a really good job of kind of you know like resetting and and redefining jason todd a little bit in that series and i and i feel like that is the same character that azarillo is writing um you know he's a he's a really lost character who i you know i don't think that jason todd he's very there's a lot of gray there. I don't know if he, he doesn't want to be a hero, but he still has this weird moral compass. Um, but he's a total vigilante and murderer, and and I think he's just, he's a really lost in himself character, and that's when he's interesting is when writers kind of capture how how much he doesn't really even understand himself. He's just, he's a, he's a really messed, fucked up, confused guy, and that's
2: yeah, he's, a, he's like ahead. a limited. He's like a limited series character. Yeah, because like if you spend too much time with him, you're the like, guy's this guy's, this guy's not going anywhere. You yeah. <laughs> know, like he's not allowed to have a resolution or like to, you Thomas, know, like are, are Thomas, you? In the woods? out in the North Woods. I am. I had to go outside <laughs> to get. Uh,
1: we, we can hear the crickets.
0: There's yeah, a loud cricket by you.
2: There's there's a lot of crickets. There's some cicadas. I was gonna say you're surrounded like,
1: by cicadas.
2: I'm out in nature. It it, it was where it it was worth my phone reception is way better outside than it is inside. <laughs> ironically.
1: We had a friend we had a friend visit us from Scotland a, a couple years ago and we're sitting in the backyard and and it's a summer evening. We're having you know having a drink, and he's like, What is that noise? And we look at each other <laughs> and we're just like What noise? And he's just like that—that noise, that sound. What? What noise? He's like it's deafening, and 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 I look at Marta, and I'm just like, oh, he means the cicadas. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, what are those? And Marta pulls up a picture of a cicada on her
2: phone. And he's like, oh
1: Jesus fucking Christ, we're surrounded by those things.
2: Oh yeah, they're they're all over the place. They don't have, bones. but yeah, in mean, no. <laughs> Scotland, yeah, they don't, they um, they do
1: not have cicadas in Scotland.
2: It's like you know, Jason Todd. You know, he's not allowed to become Nightwing. You know what I mean? Like, there's no Ruff. like like resolution. Not that you know that's the end of that character, right? But like, mm-hmm. you're right. He's kind of like I don't. Anytime I've read him, after you read him for too long, you're kind of like, what's well, this? What's what's up with this guy? So he kind of like. Yeah. It's like it's like a, always in the middle of a journey, and yeah, never getting he's, anywhere. <laughs> he's
1: he is, and that's honestly, you're right. He's doomed to never be Dick Grayson,
0: right? Well, isn't that sort of yeah? I mean, that's that makes sense, though. I mean, he was he was Dick's replacement. Well, he was Dick's replacement, but the 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 industry fandom sort of judged him, and and you know. Made it so that he could never be the replacement. Literally voted to have him killed by the
2: Joker. <laughs> and I
1: love Acerulos uh, <laughs> alluding to that. It's just like people literally voted to kill him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's so, he's always in limbo, you know, yeah. like he, which is fine. I think sometimes, you know, I, I jokingly said he's a limited series character, but it's probably true because it's hard to imagine you know, being with that character for like I don't know, 30 issues of one story, right? It's like, yeah. he's sort of like, and he's and been tried. in some good things. Yeah, they've tried. Yeah, yeah. it's they've just tried. like I don't know, like, it's the thing that's interesting about him, but it's also kind of like yeah,
1: it's, his, the The defining moment for that character for me is from the Three Jokers when he has a very intimate moment with Barbara Gordon and she shuts him down. And I'm like, Oh my god, that's the defining moment for that character. It's like, you know, he he wanted he wanted to kind of elevate to that level and 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 Barbara Gordon is just like, yeah, no, you're not you're not Dick Grayson.
0: Do you think um I mean, I kind of think of him in the same way that I think of Bucky, the Winter Soldier. But Bucky was brought back intentionally to be redeemed you know i mean that was sort of the, the the goal eventually with that character was to redeem
2: him you know and yeah and- i don't know if that's true with jason Now, like nobody ever but, seems to be able to figure out like is he a good guy or a bad guy <laughs> like which well, is he- interesting but also kind of weird in a way too because it's sort of like okay like what is what is he you know like how do you use them like who does, you know to try and make him the red hood or they try you know you know what i mean like right. there's always like some someone's always trying to put something on him that never ends up sticking like he's just like this teflon limbo state character
0: <laughs> sometimes i guess you can't come back <laughs> like, yeah. because people have just it's
2: very a- meta yeah. yeah yeah it's very meta the, the, the ignored Robin, but at the but at the same time, I really
1: like the Jason Todd character. I'll, you know, the, I like most of the Robins.
2: Yeah, obviously. he's fun when he he's fun when he shows up, you know, in a thing, and you're like, oh yeah, Jason Todd, you know, right? And it's always like, yeah. he's got he's got his thing, right? And it's like, yeah, it's he cool for him in though.
1: the middle, and he's like, wild card, bitches.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like, oh, he's, uh, he's a bad guy. And then he sticks around too long. You're kind of like, what's up with this guy? What's he going to do with him?
0: It's also interesting where then you had, you know, Damien come along. And Damien is, from the beginning, a dick. And, and people a fucking lo- assassin. Yeah, he's a he's, <laughs> he's violent, you know, a, vigilant, a violent vigilante, an assassin. He's an asshole and fans loved him like there was never you know but he wasn't replacing you know dick grayson Grayson. yeah Yeah,
1: it's
0: it's interesting i
2: i i also think jason's really weird too though because his character originally pre-crisis wasn't like he had um sort of a a change to what his story was from crisis right like he you know, like when you think of like he's the Robin in, uh, you know, that the Superman Mongol story for the man who has everything. Mm. You know, that's that's Jason Todd, like that's the Robin yeah. in that story, right? But uh, you know, I, I think think sort of he well, got think, kind of caught. Was, he was actually a popular character.
0: I mean, I don't think he yeah. was an unpopular character initially. It was yeah, just- yeah. That weird thing of like DC deciding, hey, let's let the fans vote on whether or not it, we're going. Was, to it, was it
1: Denny O'Neill that turned him into a dick?
0: Uh, I don't know. No, because Denny O'Neill wrote Death of the Bat or Death, Death of the, the family. family, but yeah. I don't think Jason was a dick in that. Like, I don't, I don't think yeah. that that was.
2: I don't know if he was ever that big of a dick. Right. It's, much more,
0: of it's, words,
1: more, it's like, more in retrospect or or in stories that have been well, after he came, after came he in. died. Yeah. yeah, And and so it's like they retconned him into an asshole.
0: Or, or, well, but, like, what I'm saying I don't know that he's really that much of an asshole. I think he's just when he came back, he was angry. Mm-hmm. He was angry at Batman. That, that was the whole thing. He was he was sort of. I'm going to do what you wouldn't. That was his thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the, you know, the the the, and I'm going to show you you're wrong. And
2: I'm going to angry at that Yeah. I mean, I haven't read the post-crisis Batman stuff in a while, but if I remember correctly, they kind of gave him a little bit more of an edge to him, like a little rougher around the edges. Like what was the '90s, right? Like yeah, well yeah yeah. And I, I I should go back and reread these to remember exactly. And I think people didn't like or that was sort of a little bit of like, yeah, what is it? But he, for a while he was just, you know, he was I just I think um,
1: Tom's sitting in the middle of a fucking atrium
2: right yeah, now. He is he is <laughs> he was just he was just Dick Grayson version two. Yeah. I mean he was yeah. just the boy wonder, yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> sure. And it's, he is yeah, he
0: character was, when you look at, at the, you know, publication history, but the meta character history and how they sort of, you know, it, it, it blurs, you know what I mean? Like yeah. this weird, you know... Uh, well,
2: he's been back longer now than I think he was probably alive the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. So, so for it's sure. like even yeah. weirder because of that. It's like yeah. the, the, he's the much weird, more the weird
1: comic book continuity. Yeah. That gets built up around that stuff. Yeah. yeah.
2: He's much more defined by what he is returned than, frankly, anything probably character wise before that. I mean.
1: Yeah.
2: So, so Tom, did you read this issue? The uh, the get Joker. I, I did not read it yet. I did see uh, Suicide Squad movie though, mm-hmm. uh, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I won't. You know, you ha- you guys did a whole show about it, so I won't go into it. But I I, I am looking forward to reading reading this stuff.
1: It's good, but uh, Sal, I'll, I'll say there's one there's like one weird part in there that kind of threw me off, and I had to. Go back and be like, was this printed in, or am I missing some pages? The scene where, where they're like getting into the van, and the rest of the team finds out that that Jason Todd, this is his first mission, but he's the mission leader. And then, like the next page, it drops them into a really like weird cut scene where they're they're in the middle of the shit, and it's a really weird break. That was kind of the only part of the the the. Issue that threw me off. It felt like a real weird transition from we're getting ready to go on mission, and then it was like almost like a page was missing, and they're 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 in the middle. Are you sure of this. A page
0: wasn't missing? Because it may
1: have been. So
0: yeah, because I don't think that I think because uh, they go to a bar, and uh, where I think it was a bar where Joker's supposed to be.
1: I'm missing pages in my book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because that scene was not in the copy I read.
0: Oh, all right. Well, yeah, yeah I, think I had, a, I think
1: I had a misbound book then, because I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I have to. I have to look at it again. But
1: yeah.
0: But yeah, I I did like I feel it. Like I, I
1: missed a great scene now.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a whole setup of like, um. Uh, they're they're tracking down the joker they think mm-hmm. and uh, and they get to this bar and and uh yeah it's it's pretty good it's pretty good. you should do, do they it. all have rounds of uh fernet what are y'all they do Frenette? not they they do not they they uh no i don't want to spoil it for you but uh, okay. they do not have rounds of Frenette. and i'm going to go trade my topic. does not dance you <laughs> know in, in a small polo in a polo yeah. the, shirt, the, the I,
1: tidy, tidy whities will live with me forever.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think this—if you're—if you liked, like, if people like the movie or like the the sort of movie versions of the Suicide Squad, I think this book fits right in there. Like you're gonna, you know what I mean? Like you're gonna like this book. It's 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 not as funny as say the Suicide Squad movie um, necessarily. I mean, there's some humor in it, but not to that degree it's a little more gritty than that. But, um, but I think just the characterizations and the, and the, the theme and everything. And and like I said, I, I found the Jason Todd part of this interesting. I found him Mm -hmm. to be an interesting character in this uh, sort of setting where he um, is, like you said, he's lost and he doesn't really have any direction. So it's like, well, fuck it. I'll go (laughs) and Maybe I can, maybe I can do something worth the shit and 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 you know then he gets offered the chance to kill the guy who killed him which i think is a really interesting thing if you sort of take the whole history of jason todd into consideration of like you know like i was just saying when he first came back he was angry at batman and he sort of was going to be the the vigilante that batman wasn't and then now, you know, fast forward all these years later, and, and sort of that character is is offered the chance to go and kill the guy that killed him, to kill the Joker. And so, you know, will he? Is is that what he wants to do? Is that, you know, the sort of thing? Has he changed as a character? Is this maybe a chance for, even though it's, it's kind of, I don't know what the black label, I don't know how that fits into everything. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't know if it if it's canon, if it's Elseworlds, if it's what it is. But um, you know, is this a chance for some version of Jason Todd to redeem himself, or is he just gonna go blow the Joker's brains out, or is the Joker just gonna kind of beat him at his own game, or you know who knows? But um, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting and the end the last page is awesome and uh, the whole there's a twist sort of at the end, and it, uh, it it was really good. So, yeah, good stuff. The Joker, joker kills Jason again. With a crowbar. He just, well, not with a crowbar this time. He uses a jackhammer this time. That was the twist. He he decided <laughs> a crowbar wasn't enough this time. <laughs> Chris left us. I don't know what happened. I don't know if the storm got him or. Oh, no. Yeah. So um, can you see us, Tom, or you can only are you only listening to us as well? I can see you. Oh, okay, good. All right. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty. Good. Did you uh, did you have anything you had read this week, or or uh, do you want me to to move? Oh, on?
2: I, I read the Ed Gain book.
0: Oh, you did? Okay, yeah, I yeah yeah yeah. I read that. What did you think of
2: that? I thought it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I and
2: yeah, I you know it reminds me a little bit of like um my friend Jeffrey. The Dahmer. Oh the, yeah, the yeah. In yeah. that, uh, the thing that I liked about it so much was um, that it wasn't built based. So yeah, you know. First, before I say what I'm gonna say, I think we. It's funny because we live in a culture where there's channels that are solely devoted to sensationalizing serial killers. <laughs> you know, where it's like there's netflix is podcasts. oh yeah where it's just like pumping out like those lurid details and the thing that i admired about this was the time it took to not make him sympathetic but to make him human and sort of like i you know like try and put context to what his life was like, right? And like, you know, all the stuff about his mother and all the stuff, you know, like yeah. building that into it of like, listen, you know, like, here's somebody who obviously had some, you know, mental health issues, but also was probably put into like the worst environment that someone could be put into to like, you know, it. it I, I just admired that the the time spent to like make sure that his character, you know, while not being like he was a good guy because he's not, but to be like here's like the, a bigger story about him that's not just like lurid details of the crimes, you know.
0: No, I I I agree. I think. Um... You know, I don't know the relationship between Eric Powell and the writer. Uh, what's his name? I, I, I can't. I'm trying to find a preview of this online so I can um, show people what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a book called Did You Hear What Eddie Geen Done? And it's by Eric Powell, the creator of The Goon and um, uh, crime writer, true crime author Harold Schechter. And uh, it's a graphic novel about the, you know, sort of biography, basically, of the notorious serial killer and and inspiration for um, movies like Psycho and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Ed Gein. Um, and like you said, Tom, I think, you know, I was I was pretty aware of Ed Gein's story. I thought I knew uh, a bit about him and his story, but I didn't know uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that was in this book and, and, um, I was really haunted by it. I have to say, like, I, I don't, I don't generally get sort of freaked out or weirded out or creeped out by stuff, um, at this point in my life, but this book really made me think a lot. Um, and, and also just, it, it, it shocked me in, in a lot of ways and not, not so much the graphic representation of the you know what he did, mm-hmm. and even though that's in the book to a certain degree. I think there there's certainly those moments where they show you some of those things that Eric Powell does a great job of of illustrating. But it was the 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 like you said the 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 story about him and his mother and his relationship to his mother and his home life and. I mean, that was the bulk of the book and it really was this, you know, deeply disturbing story about, um, an overbearing mother who herself probably had, you know, some sort of mental disorders and, and issues and problems that, uh, that probably should have never been, you know, raising children and, uh, and, and him being sort of isolated, uh, and and raised by her in a in a situation that couldn't have been any worse. Now, at no point in time do it. I feel like it ever made excuses for him. You know, the yeah. Boy, you know, didn't do that. And I and and I think, you know, you sort of said that same thing where it's like it didn't make him seem like a good guy in any way. Um, it made him seem like a monster, but it just sort of gave you a well-rounded picture and factual information. And I don't know if you got to the end where where they sort of go through. And, uh, page by page, you know, or not page by page, but any, anything that they changed or that yeah, they yeah. sort of, you know, uh, not that they made up or, but there were some scenes that they changed the timelines on things, uh, for dramatic effect. And there were some things that they, they moved around and, and there were some things that they kind of guessed at, educated guests, but they, they told you exactly what they did. And yeah. You know, but ninety-five percent of it was factual based on reports and interviews and that kind of thing. And man, it was I, I was disturbed by it. I'll be honest, I was really, really- I you know,
2: I think it's because it I, it it went beyond like look at this fucked up stuff this guy did. Yeah. So like the things that he did are so much more horrifying in and, and sad yes. when you like know maybe more of the story and you're sort of like oh you know like there's a sadness to it that kind of lingers beyond like the like the sensational elements of it of like i don't know the you know like the idea of you know like he was a kid at one point and he was a kid that you know like had no friends and like Mother drove away anyone who would be his friend, you know, and just like the tragic elements of that of like, of like somebody, you know, who knows, like, if he wasn't so isolated, if he wasn't so like, in this situation where like, he had no the, you know he had nobody he knew besides his mother or trusted or knew, you know like would he have done the things he did yeah you know who knows maybe maybe not but like they sort of they gave more dimension to that of how sad it was mm-hmm. like not just like scary but like tragic and sort think, of
0: yeah tragic is the perfect word the whole thing i mean obviously the killings the murders the the people that he murdered is tragic, but the but this makes the whole story so much more tragic. the 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 idea that he, you know, in some ways was created, you know, that he even had to exist, you yeah, know, exactly, is tragic. And and yeah, I think that's really why it affected me so much. Um, yeah, I, I I could not sleep. The I read it. I read about half of it. Or more yeah. in one night, and um, I couldn't sleep. I and not that I was like afraid. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop yeah. think like dwelling on the tragedy of it, the the sadness of it, the the just everything that you know. The, 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 I, I just couldn't stop thinking about that story. And this happened before I was born. You know, so it was a powerful book, and in my opinion, who published it? It was, I think, it's self-published. Basically, I think originally they had put it out on Kickstarter, Um, okay. Then they published it through Albatross Press, which is Eric Goon's. That's that's Eric Powell's, Powell's. yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. publishing company. So, um, they but they sent us a preview. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it even comes out until tomorrow. Or maybe not even until later on in the month. So I don't yeah, even know. You, I
1: real. mean, you've been talking about this book. I know it's 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 like it's stuck with you because
0: it you really did. Ta-
1: you keep talking about it, and that's you I, don't do that a lot.
0: Yeah, I. Well, when I was younger, I was, I, you know, I, when I was in my twenties, I went through a phase where I was very much into true crime, serial killers, and and that kind of stuff. And
1: and it's always We're been ahead so- of your time, Sal.
0: <laughs> it's always been something that's been fascinating to me. Um, but I really kind of fell off of it after a certain point in my life. I just, it did, you know, there would be things that would come up like the show, Ma- you know, mind Hunter. I loved that show and, and certain things that would come up, but I didn't really spend much time sort of studying serial killers or looking into these stories or that And I think Tom, you really, you know, sort of nailed it where, where it's like, it became so sensational. So, you know, it's like these, these people become uh celebrity, you know what I mean? Like it's Ed Gein, people, you can't mention Ed Gein without t- talking about Psycho or with, without talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre or without talking. And they, they become these almost celebrities where they're bigger than life. And I, so I think I got to the, they become
2: of- like Freddy Krueger.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: exactly. you know, where it's like not a real person, but it's like, actually he was a real person, yeah. And the people yeah. he killed were real people. <laughs> John, Wayne, John, like,
1: John Wayne, Gacy, you know, it's yeah. Dahmer. I mean, it's yeah, all of them. But people I, have a hold of fascination with them.
0: I yeah, think and that's it's, why it stuck with me though is because this did that, and I think it's important. I think I think you know, it's important that uh, we realize that stuff that these are not, you know, these these killings and these murderers and serial killers and these stuff that people do podcasts about and write books about and do news stories about it's like well they killed real people and these people exist and they were real human beings and someone somewhere helped make these people like they're not i don't think Mm -hmm. anyone would say like a serial killer is just born a serial killer no matter the, the the craziest that you know, it's like somewhere along the line, somebody did something.
1: Well, you mentioned Mindhunter, which if you haven't seen that show, I mean that that hammers that home that serial killers are made.
0: Yeah. And and so I think when you when these, you know, movies and TV shows and books and podcasts and stuff sort of emphasize the celebrity part of it or the you know the bigger than life part of it. We, we ignore or forget the other parts of it and and you know, I don't know I just i I think this is this was sort of a rare thing and in a comic book, you know what I mean like it was it was rarely do you see I, as much as I liked my friend Dahmer, I thought that was really good and and mm-hmm. um an interesting book this one this for whatever reason this one really just kind of uh Affected me in a lot of ways, and I thought it was just really well done, really excellent uh, storytelling, and and I don't I
2: don't know that you could do it much better than what these guys did. I think to me the art is the thing that sort of elevated. You know, I liked my friend Jeffrey, it's my friend Tomer. I forget the exact name of it. Um, but the yeah, you, the, by, uh, by
1: the way, Tom, major props because you talked about that in like around comics version one, like
2: 10
1: years, like seriously, 10 years ago, you were talking about that book before the movie, before any of it, you were talking about that book.
2: Yeah. I, I I think that, I think Eric Powell's art kind of brings it even up another notch, right. Of like the way, um, like the way he does faces, like the faces of like the characters, like, it's so sad. They're like, the actual emotion comes across, you know, where it's like the hurt and like the, like um, the pain and and... anger and stuff. It it just is so like palpable and you can feel it and you can like the, the, the crimes are so they're, they're not sensational. They're gross and dirty and like, like it's not, Disturbing. There's like the the way they sort of portray it. It's sort of like this isn't like a oh, wow. Look at this crazy thing. Isn't that wild? You know, it's more like it's disgusting. Which is so much and like
0: how Ed Gein's story has always been portrayed. Yeah, like any series yeah. where it's always uh, like a freak show. It's like a it's, yeah. Like, I mean, it-
1: yeah. Eric Powell is
0: really good at drawing people who are worn out. Well, I think one of the things I really enjoyed about his art in this was that it was a little different than what you see in The Goon or some of his other stuff, where it wasn't quite as cartoonish. It was a little more realistic, but yet there were times where he would push the reality of characters. You know, like his mother at times, like when he was, Mm -hmm. especially later after his mother was dead, and yet she would sort of haunt his you know dreams and and waking days he, like, that put,
1: kind of... pushes the bounds of perception yeah. a little bit
0: yeah and and I thought he did an excellent job with that and 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 even like I said th- there were times where like some of the depiction of the crimes and the scenes and that kind of stuff were I mean they were gross they were you know they were not in a fascinating way you know what I mean not they were they were jarring. Gross. Yeah, and 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 I thought that was uh, an excellent job yeah. by him doing that because I think' Dismem- it
1: was, dismemberment isn't nice
0: it should not be <laughs> it's
1: yeah it's really true. I mean yeah well I, I think anything
0: when we talked about suicide squad I brought up the fact that the scenes with polka dot man's mom yes. were disturbing to me and I, <laughs> I i think it was part of that was because I just came off reading this book and it's like that's not a joke like that's not funny no, his
1: mother I mean, really fucked him up <laughs> but
0: bad. it's like it was played as sort of a joke like it was it was a twisted mm-hmm. joke but it was sort of played as, for humor and it was like i i didn't find it's dark, it. You know, it's like,
1: fucking dark humor because it's really because dark. it's serious but it looks hilarious
0: <laughs> right yeah i don't know i just uh, and like i said maybe it was yeah. because i just came off reading this mm-hmm. But it was like, yeah, that didn't. That was one of the things in the in it that didn't land for me. Like I didn't. Okay. I it was like it, it was more disturbing than humorous. Yeah. You know that that they kept going back to that that joke. You know, and it was just like, all right, nobody, I got it.
1: No, nobody does parent issues like James Gunn.
0: I suppose. I suppose it's a theme. It is that, that it's people a theme. People have some fucked up parents, man.
1: <laughs> I mean, we talked about it, man. Watch key generation. Everybody's yeah. been abandoned by their parents to an extent.
0: <laughs> now they're just coddled and babied. Everybody gets a goddamn trophy, Chris. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> I say we ban Tom, you spend at least, what, make your, your children spend at least six or eight hours a day without their parents, right? Yeah, Totally.
2: <laughs> Yeah. And I Good ignore man. him
1: when I am around.
0: Yeah, and I ignore him when I
1: <laughs> go get go get dad a drink.
2: That's me.
0: Yeah. I was I was listening to another podcast um, by a the guy. I can't think of his name off top because I didn't know who he was until I was I I listened to the podcast. Because it was Quentin Tarantino, but it's one of the showrunners for the show uh, Billions. Which is a show that I have a love-hate relationship with, but very good <laughs> podcast. Uh, and he and he was talking to um, an actress on Billions that started off as sort of a TikTok Instagram performer, um, and she was very interesting. And I, I don't know her at all. I don't know anything about. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you her name. Is she an but, influencer? No. Yeah, but I think she, she was more of a performer, and then then she she was trying to be an actor and she was sort of doing it in a way during, during COVID where it was like, she would write sort of skits for herself sort of, but not funny skits necessarily more dramatic, more interesting characters. She would, Yeah, kind of, I, I don't know. I didn't, I'm just going off of what was said in the podcast, but she was talking about once again, her childhood and, and she, she was very candid and I like the podcast because he, he seems to have this ability to sort of, drag out candid information from people. And she was talking about how she has this burning desire. Like her, her whole thing in life is to perform so well that someone is happy. So joyous at her performance that they're okay with dying. Like that is what drives. That's that's a pretentious kind of darkness. (laughs) It is, it. but, <laughs> but then she was talking about her childhood and she was talking about how like she was, she went to this French school and it was a very demanding school and it was very weird. And she didn't understand how like her parents were super kind and, and forgiving and, and supportive, but then she'd go to school and they were the opposite and she didn't understand. And, and she, and she was sort of like saying it damaged her and sort of drove her to this to some degree. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but how do you like how do you? You can't have it just one way, like, you can't just have 100% support all the time, yeah, and never be challenged or never be you know, I'm not talking about abuse or anything like that, but it's just like it, it's weird to me, like,
1: and I never want to make light of someone else's damage.
0: No, 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 absolutely. It, which I don't, but it's just get, none,
1: none of us get through this thing without damage somewhere along the line. And yeah.
0: It's... But but when do you stop blaming other people for your damage? When Some do you just sort of go, better. well, I got to, I got to just sort of deal with it and move on instead of, you know, constantly. That's the thing that in- intrigues me is like when, you know, uh, or or do you or are people able to or are people do people want to I don't know This is a completely different.
1: Of- that's a big conversation. In the yeah, answer yeah. is yes and no and maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail the the no, show.
1: Jesus, let's start talking about Tarantino.
0: But no, I well, what I am going to do though <laughs> it, it leads perfect. It, so it leads perfectly into something that I'm doing for uh, Patreon. Oh, very nice. It's my my,
1: my reading.
0: What is material. that? Quentin Tarantino, what is it?
1: Uh Shooting from the Hip, uh written by Wensley Clarkson. It is a uh biography of Tarantino as of let me give you a date. Completely um, wrong. Yeah, it's uh 19 oh 1995.
0: Oh, so, well, that's
1: so. got got to be like what, 3 movies then.
0: <laughs> he already had a biographer. Yeah, exactly. Um no, but I, so I'm going to be doing, uh, I'm going to be doing some interviews with some comic book writers. I've, I've already set up a couple. Um, and, but it's going to be a very specific thing. I think I'm going to be calling it origin stories or origin story. And it's going to be talking about their first sort of finished work and mm-hmm. the process of, how they got there. And, and in doing that, I'm also going to talk about, like, I want to talk to people about writers specifically, because I'm very interested in, I have a hard time finishing anything. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shadow writer. I'm a shadow artist. Like I want to, to write, but I, I can't seem to finish anything. So I've decided to use this podcast for my own benefit. And I'm going to talk to writers about how, they got that first thing finished and, 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 but also talk to them about sort of like what led them to write and, and to that moment of like, I got this done. So it's going to be origin story nice, and it'll be on the Patreon. It'll be a Patreon Sweet. exclusive. So I already got uh, my first one set up for next week and a couple of more in the pipeline. So nice, some, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So. All right, guys. It's starting to it's starting to rain on me. Ah, you got our shit. <laughs> so, um, uh, if yeah. you're get if
1: you're getting what we did, get nah, into I, I, your, I, get into your basement.
0: The <laughs> problem right, recording outdoors.
2: Yeah, I will. I will talk to you guys later. Right. Uh, I, I enjoyed talking about serial killers. We'll speak <laughs> soon.
0: We'll do a true crime podcast soon. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Later, yeah. Tom. We'll talk later.
0: to you next week. I, See you man.
1: <laughs> No, I had to go for a second. My my neighbor called me. He's like, there's some weird people walking around our houses. There's like people like you know, weird guys knocking on doors and whatnot, and like all of our street lights are out. So my neighbor was freaking out and calling me. So
0: did did you grab a shotgun? No, I was just like, I no, I said
1: I said said, said, dude, lock your door, turn (laughs) out your light. It's fine. Yeah, what does
0: he want you to do?
1: He's just like, look out. Just they're in my they're in my front yard. I'm like, Zach, I'm not going outside. I'm not, I'm not gonna spot <laughs> these guys for you. <laughs> like, what do you want me to go out and talk to them?
0: Oh uh, yeah. you ever do you remember that movie? There was a movie. Shit, what was the name of that movie? The there Purge. Was a, no, 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 no. <laughs> Way before that, there was an interesting movie. I cannot remember the name of it, but it was uh Look at you with all your socks gear on. Oh, you're hmm. a Sox fan all of a sudden. You're back, dude. I've been a... waiting.
1: I've been waiting for the the next championship. They sweep the since, Cubs since, and... since 2005. I'm so uh, ready. I'll be at the parade this year. You know, talk to my talk to my boys. Pathetic. You know, I've pathetic. been I've been a fan for so long. So sad. Uh, so I would just grab this out of. This is actually Marta's cup, and
0: I was you're wearing listening. a hat that's a socks hat. You so oh. you just grab oh, that a
1: socks. I've got a socks hat on. Oh look at
0: yeah, that. <laughs> look at you, look at you. Anyway, <laughs> hold, on. Um, hold on,
1: I'll switch it with my bucks hat.
0: What was Here I you. saying? Yeah. Oh my god, you're so bad. You're you're just it's pathetic.
1: There we go. All right, there, my bucks. Because why fear the deer? The
0: this is why you Maine have.
1: Fifty this years. Is, Fifty years we've been waiting, Sal.
0: We've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you have no hair. Because those hats, mm. they know you're dishonest. They know you're not a true fan. So they've uh, destroyed your follicles. That's what I you... Have, that's with my, I my.
1: De- i destroyed my follicles with my lying.
0: <laughs> this is true. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: so, a little backstory, folks. I was in Kansas City, Missouri uh the other day and it was like hundred and twenty degrees out. Uh but yet yeah, we went to uh we went to a, a Royal Sox game and the the Sox got absolutely murdered and so I told Sal I sent him a picture from Kaufman Stadium and he blamed me for the <laughs> for the Sox losing because the baseball god has hate me.
0: Well I mean and we'll we-
1: punish any team that I root for.
0: I think, once again, this goes back to your dishonesty as a fan. Your you're bagging, okay. wagon, well, ba- bandwagon. Why can't, why can't I be a Sox
1: fan? Why can't I be a Sox fan?
0: Well, you, I just I think you have like six teams you root for I now. So. I have
1: two base, two baseball teams
0: two? that I root for. Two. I'm, I'm you can't heart. wait, wait. You told me before we started the show you can't wait for the – White Sox to be playing your Milwaukee Brewers. No, I didn't
1: say my, well, oh, my you Milwaukee will be... Brewers. I said I, I. That was I will root for the White Sox in that series. <laughs> Hardcore, mm. Marta's is the one you have to worry about because oh, she has. A, she's like me. She has an American League team and a National League team. She has adopted right? the Brewers. That right as, there. That right there
0: is sad player. and 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 disgusting that you have an American league team and a national league team. You, you, first of all, I
1: think, I think it's completely, completely no. within no, the realm of, of acceptable hey, fandom until, to have, to have a second team in a different league that you in, enjoy watching play.
0: If you were a true baseball fan, you I'm would a either. Cardinals be,
1: fan. You know that. That is okay. the team. I'm Well, then, to die with.
0: then you should, you should be so disgusted by the designated hitter rule that you should never allow yourself to...
1: (laughs) Well, if I'm that fucking disgusted about it, I've got a really bad future because that fucking horrible thing is is coming to the National League. Oh,
0: that horrible, awful thing. It's an
1: abomination. Uh It's an abomination. How.
0: Now you pretend. Don't pretend to be a, a National League fan. We know you're not. It's,
1: the DH is an abomination, but I'm going to have to get used to it yeah. because it's coming to all of baseball next year. So once everyone... again, this has been around baseball. Drum. You enjoyed the show. That's is we that should, all the we, You know that maybe that's a Patreon thing. We should we should do our own TWIB for Twip. this week in baseball.
0: Oh, this week in ba- I don't watch enough baseball.
1: I'll play though. Mill Allen. <laughs>
0: Hi, I don't watch enough baseball. I'm Mel Allen. I don't I uh I did enjoy so the White Sox were on um ABC for the first time in I don't know forever. And uh they had Al Michaels on oh, dirt game. And uh and Ty and uh he was just reminiscing about all his different Accolades in in sports broadcasting, but he he could not help himself during the game to to start calling the game as as it was going on. Even by play by play were... guy, man.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. So. it was pretty. You want to cool. talk about a crew not made uh by one call, but I mean Al Michaels was a you know little known announcer until. The uh the USA versus
0: Russia hockey, the Miracle game. on Ice. I mean, Do that, you believe in miracles? That, I mean, he had, that game. He had so, so many things after that too, though. I mean, well, that, I mean that
1: that made him a a national level yeah announcer without a For doubt. Sure. So nobody nobody really knew who Al Michaels was before then. Well, so, yeah. I don't my dad hated Al Michaels. What he was a fucking
0: Mets fan. Whatever. Mets fan yeah you did anyway all right are we does <laughs> that enough for around comics tonight Are we uh
1: um oh no mean? uh one more thing um we have a trade talks that we need to get oh. uh going so i just it's something that we've talked about a little bit in the past it's by one of your favorite uh current writers a guy that i would actually love uh for you to do an origin story with uh it is we it is not uh the immortal hope but uh i picked uh we only find them when they're dead volume one
0: no oh, terrific i've been meaning to read that i have not yeah. read it so this will give me a wonderful excuse to read that book yeah all ewing i wouldn't well i'll be honest when i did that i did the um I don't remember what convention it was. It was one of those online conventions. And Mm -hmm. and I I was asked uh, by our buddy, John Suntress asked me to, uh, to, to do a panel and I picked the Al Ewing panel. And (laughs) I think I probably, you know, to the fans uh, chagrin, I never got around to talking to the Hulk about him (laughs) with him. I, I, I was so, Interested in his sort of upbringing in, mm-hmm. in England and how he got into comics. That before I knew it, an hour had gone by, and I never talked about the Hulk. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. And he was probably like, That was <laughs> awesome! I, fantastic yeah, cool. time. So maybe I
0: could get him on for uh, yeah. for you but I know you're
1: a big fan of his, and I've enjoyed everything I've read from him. I read the first issue of We Only Find Them When They're Dead. Uh, a few months ago it's a it's available on hoopla uh the first volume uh cool. it's, it's 10 bucks i think it's 9.99 is the uh um uh, the cover price on that And or uh, uh image is really good about those introductory price volume ones so yeah it's a beautiful looking book i'm super excited to uh, read the rest of it so
0: yeah. I, I read, will add yeah. it to the uh, the the Goodreads and the Amazon Book Club list for our next uh, Trade Talks episode in yeah. in a couple of weeks, whenever we decide. I'd, I I'd, uh, it
1: was in between that and something is killing the children. Mm. Um, uh, uh, which who's I... that?
0: Uh, Scott Snyder? Is that Scott Snyder? No, it's
1: not Scott Snyder. It's um, James Tinian uh, the Fourth. That guy, which uh, you You made big news this
0: week, by the way. Big news today.
1: Big news today. Um, Yeah, I read the
0: first issue of that, and I was like,
1: "Uh, it's probably worth talking about as something I read. But um,
0: um, If you don't know what the big news was, Mm -hmm. I talked about it on a Patreon episode uh, released yesterday. Big Big Geek Geek Show. Show. Yes. There you go. And you can get that at Patreon.com/slash Around Comics. Yep.
1: Let's uh, let's wrap this dog up with some more Patreon stuff. Go check out uh, all of our Patreon stuff. You get to Tom versus currently Tom versus Freedom Fighters. Sal's doing a big geek show. We've got AC TV this week. We start uh, what if uh, the last couple of weeks have been movie talk for uh, Black Widow and then The Suicide Squad, yeah. um, which I think we enjoyed. Both movies, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I did I enjoyed it's, both. Yep, yeah, enjoyed both. Uh we usually uh we usually talk about stuff on that show that we really do like. Uh, we've actually pulled the plug on a on a show that we didn't like, so we, we try and keep it a positive conversation. Uh yeah, so all sorts of fun stuff over on the Patreon. So we appreciate uh your supporting us. Um yeah do that and sal will mention your name on the show
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know if i have had any we haven't had any new uh patrons a little bit so yeah we would uh, if we're trying to put out a bunch of stuff i'm you know we're we're working on all sorts of things i'm like i said i have some interviews i'm i'm going to be doing Mm -hmm. you know probably two episodes of the big geek show where i just sort of ramble on about different (laughs) topics in comics this week i'm going to be talking and i talked about the james tinney and stuff i think i'm going to be talking about tim drake uh, i'm going to be talking about um more creator owned comics uh on substack uh wizard world the end of wizard world i'll be talking the about all this the end of
1: stuff. wizard world what was my response to that today um 8 years uh, 8 years uh post very, due very sardonic i am i'm a snarky <laughs> cynical son of a bitch
0: but yeah, um, so I'm going to, I'll be talking all about all sorts of stuff on that. We have obviously, you know, our what if and Tom versus, and mm-hmm. I hopefully at some point we will have another AC Confidential as I'm trying to dig through this book on Vince Coletta. That, uh, <laughs> I, love that you're reading a, I
1: love that you're reading a book about Vince Coletta.
0: <laughs> blame fucking, uh, blame, uh, uh what's his? Gosh, I can't even think of his name. What's it? Blame, uh,
1: Oh, like, what's so you've got name? you've got me reading Quentin Tarantino Quentin. biographies well, that, when he was like 35.
0: I'll tell you what I'm reading a uh-huh. a really interesting book. I I've decided that I after reading the Tarantino novelization of mm. of his so good yeah uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and then I I've been listening to every podcast with him and interview with him and everything on him but. He always talks about different stuff, and one of the things he talked about with this book, um, it's uh, it's um, a book on of uh, the four movies that sort of were the beginning of New Hollywood, the the change mm-hmm. from Old Hollywood to New Hollywood, New Hollywood. So it's The Graduate, Bonnie and Clyde, um, Butch and Sundance. No, it wasn't butchered because that was a years a years later. It, they were all the four it was the same year. There were four oh. movies in years. Four it's like the, the,
1: the conversation probably around no. no, no, that's much later. That's in the yeah, 70s.
0: No. Um gosh darn it. I should have really looked this up before I start talking about stuff because I can't remember a goddamn thing. I read the book, mm-hmm. but I love the book. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. the Planet choose. of the Apes. No, no. It wasn't Planet of the Apes. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I'm gonna look it up real quick just so I okay, don't. So New
1: it. Hollywood. So this would be you said the Graduate. Who else? It's like
0: 1970.
1: No, it's before that. That's Graduate Sixties.
0: Uh, where, where the hell is it? God damn it!
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of other kind of like groundbreaking movies of that. I that's uh, fucking oh, is um, that I um, um, what's the I've only, uh, the um, the baby, the demon baby. Um no. Yeah, Rosemary's baby. Rosemary's baby.
0: No, not that one. No.
1: <laughs> I'm just thinking of like 60s movies that kind of changed the landscape. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that's it's kind of is that the one that put Polanski on the map? Really? Yeah,
0: oh yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. I mean before that he did like uh the vampire that weird vampire movie and some other piece of shit. Uh, he hadn't done anything.
1: Yeah. Are you really a Polanski bad. fan? I mean, not personally because he is a piece of shit, but, um, <laughs> but like Polanski movies,
0: uh, I mean, Rosemary's baby is great. Um, it's, uh, interesting.
1: it's my favorite movie from his, is probably, uh, frantic the Harrison Ford movie.
0: Oh, okay. It's a good movie. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan necessarily i don't know that i've really watched that many of his movies um i'd have to i'd have to look at a list i so yeah i wouldn't say that i'm really um a big fan of his just because i i probably haven't spent that much time um he hasn't
1: like consciously influenced you right right, right yeah not really
0: not yeah. uh god i i cannot find this here it is pictures <laughs> pictures at a rev- revolution Five Movies and the Birth of the New Hollywood. It's by Mark Harris. And uh, it's an epic account of the revolution uh, hit Hollywood to, through the stories of five films nominated for the 1967 Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, – um, what are the five movies? It's The Graduate, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, Splendor in the Grass – Guess who's coming to dinner? Oh sure, Doctor, uh, Heat of the Night and Doctor Doolittle. Okay, yeah, I can. Um,
1: yeah, he, Heat of the Night and and look who's coming to dinner. I I should have expected those,
0: remembered those. Um, but uh, it's a fascinating book because the way that he writes it isn't just like talking about these movies it's talking about the production of the movies It's talking about how these movies got made it's talking about all the sort of inner workings of Hollywood and then he throws in the these much like the once upon a time in Hollywood book he just throws in these sort of not necessarily non sequiturs but tangential things about like oh here's a you know there was this you know moment where you know Jane Fonda throws this party at her beach house and it's it's sort of uh her dad and all his old actor friends and Jane Fonda and all her new young actor friends and and, and that kind of stuff. So it's really a fascinating book. And what
1: boy to be a fly on the wall for that.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing with this, everything in this, in this book is like, yeah, if you're a fan of Hollywood, if you're a fan of, of 1970s movies or before that, Mm -hmm. it's like, all the things that he talks about, but it's so well written and Tarantino talks about it being like his favorite book on movies. Yeah. Um, and it's great. But I've decided yeah. like, Oh, I really like, I really love books about movies. I've <laughs> you know, like I, I love, I've always loved movies, yeah. but I, have like, Oh, I've like, I really like, I, I've had a hard time finding books in the last 10, 15 years of my life that capture my attention. Like I, I buy mm-hmm. books all the time and I start reading them and I, I rarely finish a book anymore. Yeah. A, D- a uh, lot of
1: DNFs as Marta would say.
0: Yeah. I just, I just, yeah. I, they just don't grab me and they don't keep my attention. And then mm-hmm. I read once upon a time in Hollywood, the, and that I've done so through. Like I haven't read a book yeah. that quickly in 25 yeah. years. I'm trying to finish and, up the Rook, which
1: you um, suggested to me and I'm enjoying it. Um, I don't stick with it. I kind of come back and forth. With I
0: started reading that book, and I haven't. Yeah, I haven't gone back because it's it's just I don't know. I I think it's getting
1: me than you. That book is way more me than you. It's uh yeah, it's a lot of the espionage. Um, yeah, a lot of you know cloak and dagger, which I you know I tend to enjoy.
0: I think um, I'm just getting like old man syndrome where I just want biographies and like real. Oh history. my
1: God. Are you, it's, uh, I'll send my, all of my dad's fucking presidential biographies. Uh, I'll have, I'll, I will have, so Sal, he has worked through every fucking president's biography. He is now reading vice presidential biographies. <laughs> vice, we're talking about the most boring politicians ever. He's reading vice presidential biography. I can't
0: even imagine, like, a vice president that I'd have any interest in. Oh,
1: d- Does anyone need to know that much about fucking Dan Quayle?
0: No, no. <laughs> Maybe there's more interesting stories than you than you think. I mean, who Pro- knows? Dan
1: Quayle's probably a really fucking interesting guy. Don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, one last uh, pop culture thing, and then we'll go because I have to go see if my neighbor is safe. Um <laughs>
0: Um, anyone in this driveway I th- yet
1: i think yeah really it could happen um so we probably both agree that the zombie genre is probably just about spent at this point i don't know if i'm gonna go <laughs> oh, out of I my way I it i mean when was the last time that a zombie property was enjoyable for you to to like actually actually watch it and, and see something different. You know?
0: Uh Zombie Land. Zombie Land was probably so, the last. Yep. Yeah.
1: And that's probably one. what, like 10 years ago now?
0: Is it that long? I don't know. Yeah. Probably. I, don't know.
1: I mean they've Maybe. had a sequel and the sequel came they had out a sequel. like three sequel years was- ago.
0: Um I mean I thought Zach uh was it Zack Snyder's zombie movie? I can't I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, oh
1: god the uh with the Wachita.
0: one was, was bad bad, bad,
1: bad. Yeah, you know it was a bad. big not, it was not good it was not good um, he has
0: too much money that's the problem with Zach X. I i have decided they yeah. give him too much money he we needs to he, exec-
1: he was the executive producer budget. for the suicide squad right
0: yeah that's probably yeah. probably why i didn't like it as much as i wanted to
1: there was a little Zack Snyder stank on it. Um, I started watching Black Summer about two three weeks ago. It's the Netflix. It's supposed to be the prequel for for Z Nation, which is a really almost campy sci fi channel quality zombie show that I've never liked. But Black Summer, um, probably the best zombie show I've seen. But I have to take a break from it because it is one that it it, it makes you need to take a break from it. Because <laughs> it's the the story. I mean, the the way that they do a lot of the storytelling, it's it's following a group of characters. And so you'll get to a point where you know eventually what's gonna happen, but then it will backtrack and follow an either another set of characters or another. Another character, up to a point, and you know that there is this impending doom that they're walking into. But it tells that from their point of view at different times, it's a it's a lot of 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 um, you know handy cam type footage where you kind of feel like you're running after them, you know, in scene. That's kind of how it's shot. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really good zombie show. I was shockingly. I've been-
0: I've been so, meaning to watch it. Uh, it's, it's foreign, right? It's a, it's, um,
1: title? I don't know. It's a, it's a Netflix show. Um, yeah. uh, majority of the actors, it takes place in the United States. Um, there's a couple foreign actors in there.
0: Um, oh, I thought it was a subtitled show for nope, some reason. Nope. Oh, Nope.
1: Okay. Nope. Takes place oh. like, outside of Denver, um, or something like that. Um, it's yeah, I think it's it's Colorado. I think it's where it where it kind of fictionally takes place. Uh it's
0: what if it's those, harsh. It's fucking what those, harsh. What if those weird people in your yard are zombies? Could be. Could be. You never know. I mean yeah.
1: Well, that's I mean that's the kind of thing of this show is that
0: you're in the right state
1: though. Wisconsin, there's a lot of firearms here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, plenty but, of
1: firearms. Yeah. yeah, plenty of <laughs> firearms um but that's you know that's what if there's no it's kind of like the walking dead and in, in that people have no idea what's going on it takes them a while to figure out how to kill the zombies effectively and they're fast zombies so the it, the brutality of the show is off the fucking charts there is a moment if you keep watching it i i I want to get your opinion where you'll be like, uh okay. Now it's taken me out of the story. There's there is a moment where we're apparently everyone's gonna be waiting for that. Well, it's you'll say I'll just I'll just say there's a moment in the show where apparently everyone becomes incredibly well trained in using firearms, like out <laughs> of the blue. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I think you'll I think you like it. It's a very it, the storytelling is it's a, uh, it's a compelling zombie show.
0: I think zombies, I think zombie movies are much like post-apocalyptic movie or stories, I should mm. say where I don't think you'll ever run out of ways to use them. It's just yeah. you can you can use them. I mean they're their own genre at this point. It's a
1: set it's a setting to tell a story in.
0: Yeah, and and it's you know it's another way of sort of, if done right, I mean, for the most part, if you look at like the original zombie movie, you know, George Romero's zombie stuff that, that was about like commercialism, you know,
1: consumerism,
0: consumerism and, 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 and advertising, maybe a little
1: bit of racism,
0: racism. I mean, there (laughs) were, were, I mean, he was dealing with topics Mm -hmm. using zombies. Yeah, sure. So I don't think, you know, I Don't think we've we've ran out of things to say about uh those topics. You,
1: you, you want to talk about the new Hollywood? Uh, I think Night of the Living Dead belongs in that conversation.
0: Well, that was like what 75 74? Mm,
1: was it that late? It's I, um, I was thinking of that as a 60s movie. Um, yeah, I think that was a 60s movie. Um, one of the first.
0: Movies with, a, I, have with a no, I have no black protagonist. Nineteen sixty-eight.
1: There you go. I think that deserves to be in that kind of conversation. It was a genre-defining uh, Hollywood-changing movie in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was oh, necessarily sure. as powerful uh, it, in the immediate. It's maybe. Sense. Maybe it's kind of. It like didn't
1: Jason. It, it's like Jason Todd. It's become more meta. The older it's gotten.
0: Well, no, I think I think it just. I mean, it was not. Uh, when you talk about New Hollywood, it's it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the more interesting part of that is the sort of um, the films that were being made in the night in the nineteen fifties or in the nineteen sixties were the same films that were kind of being made in the nineteen fifties, mm-hmm. at least the same. Uh, attitudes, and then you had these sort of scruffy, you know, pra- protagonists that were not. I mean, it's once upon a time in Hollywood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. It wasn't Rick Dalton any longer. I Rick don't want to
1: look like goddamn hippie,
0: fucking hippie. You know <laughs> what I mean? And days. and so that I don't know that you know, Night of the Living Dead really. Captures that as much. I think it's there because of obviously, like you said, a black protagonist. But I, the first black protagonist? I don't think that's true.
1: Well, not first bro- first black protagonist. One of the first black Cindy protagonists. Ford, yeah, I think. <laughs> Might well, have. that's why. That's why. I'd look who's coming to dinner was fucking groundbreaking. It is I mean, that was the.
0: Uh, but I don't think that was his first protagonist role either. It was It was the first time where he wasn't. Um affable, yeah, the yeah. affable black protagonist
1: yeah. i mean that was that was yeah. a major a major release movie that was race and racism was what that movie was about, you know which Hollywood had not really addressed that quite in that manner to that point, so yeah, hugely important movie.
0: Huge. It's changed so much. We fixed racism.
1: Yeah, well, we did have a <laughs> black president, so we are in a post-racial America.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're yeah. fine. Everything's good.
1: Everything is fine. It's all good. Fixed. Yeah. Joe's in office now. It's a fucking fly. What,
0: got? Uh, what, what is going on there? The
1: fly was detecting my sarcasm and lies and landed on my face. It's Mike Pence's fly. Um, <laughs> all right. I think we've exhausted this um fun always good to talk with you stay safe out there throughout this crazy weather uh we'll be back uh are we ever gonna play D again
0: i don't know i don't you asked this last week i, I know. told you the same I'm thing i don't know D&D. what ask our dm all right it's up to him he said august does not look good i think we're probably on hiatus until the weather gets September. worse and, and then we'll have nothing to do, so.
1: All right, yeah. all right, we'll do it. Okay, well, um, uh, we'll see you back here on this stream next Tuesday in the meantime.
0: In between time. We're going to be everywhere in. And around. And
1: around oh, waiting to play D&D.
0: Schmigadoon!